Welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. How have you been doing? I've been doing great. Uh, this is my new voice. I've decided that I want to be a Radio 2 DJ from 1987. Uh, just, just fucking with you. Just joking. I don't really want to do that. Um, just out of interest, what, what is Ken Bruce doing? Is he still around? Is he still doing that thing, that pop pop quiz? Fucking hell. What's Steve Wright doing? Is he still around? What's he what is he doing? Is he still do do people still do that clapping thing in the studio with him? Cause I, I had to stop listening to that because it really affected me. Like in a bad way. I was like, how can this how can this happen? Steve Wright, for those of you who don't know, Radio 2 DJ. He's bit, I think he's 112. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being 112 years old, it's just maybe retire and give someone else a go. Um speaking of DJs, well, We've got a DJ presenter for you this week, Hugh Stevens. You'll know Hugh, if, if you, obviously, if you've tuned into the show to listen to it because of Hugh Stevens, then you'll definitely know him. If you don't, um, Hugh's been around for a long time. I guess I think Hugh's been around sort of basically since the dawn of ever. It, it seems like that. Because when I was in my early 20s, maybe late teens, he was kicking around on Radio 1 and really bringing some of the most awesome new music to my lug holes. What is a lug hole? A lug hole is an ear. And I, I, I don't know, I was always just a little bit entranced by his, his, his accents and his demeanour and his knowledge and his passion for new bands, new music. And now, you, if you're a fan of Six Music, which I am, he kind of tends to uh, fill in for a multitude of DJs and a multitude of different times. So um, mornings, 5am till God knows when, and then he'll fill in for Steve Lamack in the afternoon. So you're always hearing him popping up all the time. And I sort of got to thinking, I, I want to know about this guy. It's been years now. We're riff, pretty much roughly the same age, and uh, I wonder how, if we have any have any, have any similarities. And and we, it turns out we did, and uh, and it's a really cool conversation. And uh, radio presenting, it, it's a really strange one because in a way, obviously, I'm <laughs> in a way, I'm just I'm just straight up a presenter here. You know, I'm. I'm <laughs> talking to you as if it were a radio and I have fuck all um idea of who I'm talking to you know I, I, I have no idea but it's not as many people as, as Hugh Stevens does and we talked about that and what it's like to be in a live live situation just um knowing that there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people listening to you and how do you stay composed? How do you stay yourself in that situation? It must be must be something. But I don't have to worry about that on this podcast, do I? Because I know <laughs> it's unlimited. Uh, we have a, a lovely limited audience here. But I love that. I love our, our little clan we have here at the Limehouse podcast. Um, you know, if you have uh, tuned in for the first time, I just want to point out to you a couple of other podcast episodes of the Limehouse podcast. The Limehouse podcast that you might like. I would say, if you're a fan of DJs, why not check out Bob Harris? Check it out. I mean, it's not like essential that you do. I just enoy the conversation myself. And if you are a music fan, I have a, a rather large sort of tub, I'd say a kind of a shit ton 
of uh, conversations with musicians, I would look no further than my conversation with Peter Hayes from the Black Rebel Motel. Oh, God. So tired. Peter Hayes from the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. That's never a tongue twister for me, for me, for me, for me, for me, but for the way it is today, apparently. Uh, struggling. And also, I, I had a great chat with Courtney Taylor Taylor from the Dandy Warhols. Uh, those are two fantastic episodes. You've got about another 27 seconds of me wittering on. It's important that I witter. I know I've got to tell perspective audience members of previous episodes and I've got to tell you what the show's about so it's really hard not to fucking ramble be professional though Will you could be a little more professional you could start with a point A work to point B and finish on point C more collectively you could try and be a little more coherent as well you could also put on this voice it's more radio friendly people get engaged more they need to know that you are a professional they need to be in a safe pair of hands yeah you know i really love the limehouse podcast because like i really feel in like a safe pair of hands you know his voice is just so solid you can tell like he knows what he's doing anyway that's enough of my randomness look after yourselves and if you feel like sharing an episode i.e you're down the pub you're shit-faced. You'd have to be shit-faced. I started listening to the Limehouse podcast. I suggest you start listening to it. That kind of thing. Hey, friend, do you want a podcast recommendation? Please do. I don't know why I'm asking you to do that. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Just don't do it. Just enjoy your drink. Enjoy your pint. Enjoy the fact that you're alive. Let's face it. It's fucking hard to be alive at the moment, isn't it? I mean, what with Boris Johnson and his sack of cohorts of shite... Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about there, so our Prime Minister is a corrupt piece of um, horse turd and is uh, poisoning the well of our democracy. Um, on another note, I've just started, this is really going over the fucking beyond the pale here. I've gone six minutes of rambling. But listen, check out Miriam um, Margulies's book, her autobiography. It's fucking hilarious and brilliant and poignant. Miriam Mar- Margulies. It's so funny and it's so beautiful and passionate. Read it. She's a legend. Look after yourselves. Hugh Stevens, you'll enjoy his company. I know I did. Thanks for coming by. Um, what was the question again? I forgot no, the question. Well, how did you how did you come to six? Because uh, yeah. was it was it natural was it kind of like Radio One and then they just needed cover one day, a little bit like Gary Lineker and and uh, and Sports Report or something, or was it just like a very like contractual thing? No, not contractual, and you know, never taken for granted. Um, I was on Radio One for a long time, but towards the end of my time at Radio One, I was lucky to be able to stand in for people on six and. Uh, I left Radio 1 and I'm still standing in for people on 6. So that's yeah. kind of how it comes about. So, you know, with all like all careers in the media, there's nothing really set in stone. There's no clear pathway. There's no um, obvious paths for people. It's always about um, chances, right place, right time, you know, sure. what, what what people need, what, what listening habits people need and to fulfill and things like that so um so yeah no i feel you know i feel really lucky to be on six music because i listen to it you know i love it and um if i had to pick a station that i had to listen to for the rest of my life it would be six music 
God. Wow. That's, that's great, man. That's good. I, I feel like you, you, do you know what I mean? I feel like it, you, 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 it's almost like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, isn't it? Because you go, oh, well, of course he's going to bloody say that. But it's like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, well, of course you'd say that because I listen to six music and I'm I like, I don't, I don't have a day where it's not on, you know, yeah. especially during lockdown. Well, I'd say six music was the best radio station when I worked at Radio One as well, you know, yeah. and so, and I've listened to it since it started, since, the, since they died. I remember it starting when I, in the early 2000s and, um, you know, and it evolves and it changes and, you know, there's loads of different shows of different kinds of music for different audiences, I suppose. But but yeah. through it all, there's music and there's independent music and there's experimental music and there's alternative. And so, you know, and that's always been what I've liked. Yeah, at all times of the day as well. I was, I was listening to Marianne this morning. Um, I was like, fucking put on the radio. I was like, oh my god what the hell is this and then i just you know i'm honest like you know i'll just i will turn i'll turn that off for like 30 seconds three minutes and then you turn it back on and she'll be playing like rolling stones or something you know and i guess even for someone like i've, I've been listening to six music yeah for, for, for absolute years i still I, I still kind of love that so if there's something like john peel would just be like just so happy that it's still Radio is still such a, a vital part of the BBC, like in terms of like real music, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because when streaming started, it was like, well, this is the death of radio. But of course, right. people still need company. They still need curation and they still need, you know, to feel part of something, I think. And I feel part, you know, even if I wasn't on Six Music, I'd feel part of it because... As you say, you listen to Mary Ann Hobbs, you don't know what she's going to play next. You know, Lauren's <laughs> welcoming on the radio in the morning. Um, uh, you know, Lamac still bringing brilliant new bands to an audience. So, yeah, it, it does make you feel part of a gang, doesn't it? Oh, God, without a doubt. I love it. And I think I mentioned lockdown there. Do, can you, what was lockdown? Did you, did you build a relationship? Obviously, you're working within radio, so it's kind of hard to... I don't know, have like a, an unbiased or sort of unaffected opinion on it. But did, cause I, um, I, yeah, I locked down six music, just kept me going, you know, as, and I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people would, would, would kind of agree with that sentiment or, or observation or whatever. Um, did, did, was that the same for you? Did it, did you tune in when, when shit was hitting the fan and be like, it's okay, it's okay. I've still got, you know, Lamac yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's always on. It's like Six Music's always on in the kitchen. It's always on my phone on BBC Sounds. Um, so I'll go and listen back to Giles Peterson or, oh, so um, you know, if uh, if you're feeling bouncy on a Saturday night, I'll listen to The Blessed Madonna. And yeah, it's that company thing. So yeah, during the first lockdowns, yeah, it was the radio and my bike that saved me, basically. Sweet. Damn, damn straight. Were you, was that mountain or road? Um, just a, just a, well, it's a mountain bike, but I don't yeah. think it's ever been on a mountain. So only been on, <laughs> on pathways and and roads, you know. I mean, you you can't really risk that, can you? Like, you know, I mean, knowing 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 your luck, you'd probably like fall off your bike and just get a, a, a freaking branch in your neck, damage your vocal cords or something, <laughs> um, or maybe not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not. no, I just it, it's. Um, it's funny to actually speak with you because I first I, no, well, I spoke to Bob Harris a while back, um, about six months ago, and he he's been a big part of my life because I, I used to listen to Radio Two 
in the evenings, Saturday evenings, he used to do a really good show there. Um, he did like Americana-based stuff. Um, and there's there's something deeply there's something deeply personal about a, a DJ, right? And Terry Wogan was so good at that. When you when you're doing your your thing, what 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 are you envisaging when you're live? Are you talking to an individual, or is that hard to disassociate yourself with the individual? Like, you know, because you know thousands and thousands of people are actually listening. But the key is to like make it sound like it's just one person, right? Yeah, you don't think about how many are listening or what they're doing really, because you would freak out probably. And the beauty of radio <laughs> and what I've always loved about it is. It's re- it is really personal and it is really, you know, it's one-on-one. So, you know, John Peel, Steve Lamack, Joe Wiley, they were talking to me when I was listening to him and I was growing up um, in Cardiff in my bedroom, you know. So, yeah, I suppose I don't re- you don't really envisage what people are doing, but of course through messaging and through text and Twitter and stuff, people say, oh, I'm, on, I'm on the way to work or I'm doing the packed lunch or I'm still in bed or whatever. Um, and... It's that's the beauty of radio, really. It's you and a producer in a room, um, and you can't see or nothing else matters apart from the music that you play in and the messages that you're sending out, conveying, and messages that you're receiving. So, mm. yeah, I think if you start thinking about it too much, you would freak out. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I suppose at the end of the day, you're trying to make stuff that you'd enjoy. You're trying to play music and make radio that you, as a human being, would enjoy so you're not broadcasting to yourself exclusively because that would be weird but and you're also not going well whatever i say goes you know and i only like this kind of music so let's just play that but you know you kind of have a vague idea of of the kind of well you've got a real idea of the show that you want to put out there i think because you know i'm me and um there's a real honesty about radio, I think. You know, you can't... Oh, that is so... That's such a good point to make, yeah. You know, you can't act, you can't pretend to be somebody else because you'd be found out within a show, probably. Well, that's why I can't stand absolute radio. <laughs> right, okay. You know, yeah, it's just... You just know, what the fuck are you doing with your voice? Well, there's no fucking way you, you're getting off the tube or and going to your house and going, hey, darling, how's dinner? Man, this is great. Uh, I love uh, fish and chips. Uh, don't watch Seaspiracy. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's I think that's what I love about you guys is that um, the family of um, of six is it's very, very, very supernatural. Like, supernatural. Natural. Um, and that is, like, that. that is... It's priceless. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's the real deal, you know. It's um, it's DJs who love music, and uh, that's 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 the crux of it, really. It's so simple, yeah. but and of course, all DJs love music, um, to varying degrees, and in you know, and different kinds of music and things, and that's the beauty of radio, I suppose, is that there's so much choice out there now for. Uh, you know, there used to be what four four radio stations. That was it. Um, um, but now you have so much choice from local stations to community stations, uh, online platforms. Um, right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how niche your tastes are or what you want from a radio show. Th- there's something out there. But um, yeah. So 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 there's, you know, there's. 
some people love cheesy DJs. I love cheesy DJs. I love Steve Wright <laughs> in the afternoon on Radio 2. You know, I oh, love genius okay. jocking. I think it's absolutely genius. But <laughs> so depends on your mood as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, no. It, it, it's, yeah, there's something for everyone, I guess. I, I just, it's funny, man, because it's radio so personal to me since I first can, I can remember. And maybe, you know, you could, you'll definitely have to talk about this is um, the inspiration there's something so weirdly um, intrinsic. It's like within me, radio. I don't know why. Like I'm obsessed with it. And d- it, when when did you get that obsession for radio? If if in fact you ever had it, or was it just sort of uh, an accidental thing? Yeah. Well, I probably became obsessed with radio when I was in high school. When I was about twelve, thirteen, I discovered commercial radio. It was Virgin twelve fifteen. Um, which was on AM back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Evans would do the breakfast show because he's back there now doing the breakfast show. I think he ended up buying the station. Um, and it was just really exciting. And I, and I became obsessed with Virgin. And then a few years later, I discovered Radio One and it was the evening nice. session. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course, yeah. And, Moyles-y. Well, yeah, no, it was pre Moyles probably. Um, I don't remember the time frame now, but... It's hard, isn't it? It's really, really hard to really think about this <laughs> shit because it's always shifting. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Miles was there when I was there for a little while then. But, yeah. it, I mean, really, it was the evening session and John Peel straight after it, which made me think, oh, my God, yeah, this is what I love. You know, this is this is what I enjoy most in life is is listening to music and all these bands and all these sessions and tracks and things. And... Um, it was only a few years later, I thought, so this is somebody's job is right. doing, you know, being Steve Lamack, being Joe Wiley, being John Peel and playing stuff on the radio. So that's when I started doing hospital radio um, yeah. in Cardiff um, and volunteering and doing a show and doing bits in Welsh for Radio Cymru because Welsh is my first language. It, um, it is, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, um, playing songs and doing like reviews for the Welsh language station then as well. God, that's such a, that's such a thing to have as well, isn't it? Such a command of, of the Welsh language. I used to go out with a girl who went to a university. I think it was Cardiff. I think it was Cardiff. No, no, it wasn't. It was Bristol, but who cares? Um, and she, well, she all, all went to a party once in deepest, darkest Wales, right in the middle of the countryside. And they were, they were all t- talking Welsh. And I was like, this is the first time I've ever been like around uh, Welsh speaking. Everyone, everyone's speaking it, and I've, I thought, now hang on, hang on, this just isn't fair. Now come on, play, play the game, play the game in and uh, in a typically intimidated English way. But I just thought, <laughs> my God, this is this is amazing, you know. And that that's kind of not. I know it comes across as patronising, but um, but like knowing researching you is really interesting the documentary you did about welsh language music and what have you that was that's something why is that so dear to you the the welsh language i know that's a pretty fundamental question but well i mean it's my first language so um it's what i was brought up speaking at home with my mum and dad and in school and with mates um and so you know for me, weirdly, it's not been a thing of, it hasn't been a choice. It's just become, it's just, it's, it's as natural for me to speak Welsh as it is for you to speak English. Yeah. Um, 
So, and I appreciate that it's difficult for a non-Welsh speaker occasionally to get your head around that because obviously Welsh is a minority language and obviously you don't think about your speaking English because it's natural. And I've weirdly, I mean, I've been so lucky to grow up in Wales in a Welsh speaking, I mean, I grew up in Cardiff um, and my dad learned Welsh when he was younger in university, decided to bring us up speaking Welsh. So it's never been an option, really. I've never had right, yeah. to make a choice, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, but you maintained it so well because, like, my 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 family has dual dual link. link um, uh, the, my my brother-in-law's from Bolivia, and my my they 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 speak uh, Spanish in the house as much as they can. But you know, she, they're starting to lose a bit of the language just through going to English-speaking school. The kids, that is, and. Um, that that to maintain it to a level that you have um bearing in mind you know this is like you know, fucking english the world speaks english you know and yeah well that's what's welsh, incredible yeah. about the welsh language is that it's it's still still alive and yeah. obviously there's struggles every day within the welsh you know within the politics of the welsh language because as you say english is the dominant language worldwide and so for it to exist and to thrive in wales um, uh, you know, with English everywhere, of course. I mean, I'm lucky I speak both languages, but, you know, I I married um, a Welsh speaker and so, you know, we can bring our kids up speaking Welsh at home. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's it's, dif- it's different for every family and for everybody with, with languages because, you know, I appreciate sometimes you have to make a decision, you know, sometimes mm. we can you make a decision to speak this language at home or that language. And it's difficult to do too, I should imagine. I've never... I've never had to try that. But, um, yeah, I mean, why is it dear for me? Well, probably because uh, my a lot, most of my, all my family speak Welsh. Um, it's a culture that the Welsh language culture has kind of made me who I am. It's given me opportunities. It's, um, it's a way of, for a, lot, for a lot of people to creatively express themselves and for me to be able to understand that and to bring that to a new audience has been um, never, I've never felt a responsibility. It's always been a privilege to be able to do that. Um, And if you see something beautiful in one culture or in one language, you want to bring it to another audience, I think. And so through my platform as a a radio DJ or, you know, a TV presenter doing the Anorak film that you were referring to or um, the Welsh language shows that I do on BBC Radio Cymru, um, you know, it's just, I just feel really lucky to be part of that world. And I've always loved bringing things to a new audience. And sometimes, you know, it's um, a Welsh language song will be released or an album will be released. And occasionally it's, you're aware that it's only going to be heard by a Welsh language audience, naturally, right. because yeah. they're the ones who speak Welsh. But occasionally things will cross that boundary and go to a bigger audience like Super Furries did, like Gwen right, or the artist did. They did, did, did the album of, all in Welsh, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it's, um, I just feel very, like most people, about where they're from, proud of where I'm from, you know, and mm. I happen to be born in Wales. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's, it's basic. yeah, I, I like the... Um, I, I was trying to sort of stick along the radio thing, but ended up just being really interested in your, in, in the language part. But it is interesting that, you know, um, inadvertently being, <laughs> inadvertently being brought up speaking Welsh 
it then pans out that, you know, this is going to work for me in local radio as well. You know, that's that's quite a cool, lovely, uh, accidental thing to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, BBC Radio Cymru, the Welsh language station in Wales, you know, I've been doing shows there for a long time and loved, loved doing that and, uh, you mm. know, made a decision a long time ago to carry on doing that. And, you know, I, you know, I was been lucky enough to be given work by them but also I've wanted to carry on working in Welsh because it's my first language it's never felt like uh, a chore or a um, or something I can fall back on and I'd yeah. hate for it to be I'd hate for it to be that you know I think it would be um, I'd feel, it would feel disingenuous it's always been like mm. one of the main things um, but also I'm bilingual you know I speak w- mm. w- Welsh and uh, and English, just about. I mean, I struggle with English. Uh, I struggle with Welsh. Uh, your English, English is pretty mornings. damn hot, man. <laughs> yeah, early mornings, my God. Yeah, and different different time slots as well. So just when your brain's getting used to one, it's, it starts to, you've got to do something else, another time slot. But it was, it was cool, sorry, when you were talking earlier about um, uh, Chris Evans, because I had a, a vaguely similar situation. I went down to my, my grand's on the South Coast and and had a radio in my little bedroom and um was tuning it in and i heard the beatles on the radio i was like fucking hell and then i heard the kinks and zeppelin i was like what is this radio station and it was 12 it was 12 15 a.m and um yeah i really i really loved that idea of secretly finding it on another completely different frequency that was so cool because like when when you go live do you still get that kind of i mean you must get the nervous energy right yeah, you yeah, I th- you do. Um, but also, like we said earlier, because you don't see the audience, um, sometimes you're not nervous, but you're excited. So it doesn't matter how tired or how knackered or whatever you are. Once you're on air, everything's fine in the world because hmm. you know you you you're doing what you want to do. Um, whereas if you see an audience, like you know, if you give a speech in front of people, like a best man speech or a speech at work, scary. Or, you know, yeah, or if you're performing in if any kind in front of people, like, you know, that's I think that's more nerve wracking because you can see the audience and they can react to you straight away. And I find those situations more scary than than broadcasting on, you know, on the BBC to lots of people. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Just basic psychology. It's like as long as people aren't watching you. I get that if like if I had to stand up in front of four people, let alone like yeah. But no, I completely understand that. So because <laughs> my, my my sister and I used to pretend to be DJs, so we'd we'd sit together and we'd be called Blues Brother Soul Sister. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. And um, we had this little, you know. We'd pretend to be DJs and record this, record it, record it onto tape, and then play it back in the car to my mum and dad or whatever. And that, you know, wow, I want to be a DJ. Did you did you have anything anything similarly as geeky? Yeah, I used to get my sister's now compilations. I think it was now eighteen uh, on vinyl and Sweet. stop it and record and press play at the same time and make tapes at home. You know, squeaky voice little radio tapes. When I was about 14 or 13, maybe before hospital radio, let me do it in front of a proper microphone. Like, you know, yeah. like I'm using and you're using now. Um, so yeah, it, I did used to pretend and play at being a DJ. Um, it, I just thought it was the best job in the world. It just sounded like the, the best job in the world, sitting around playing music on the radio. 
And so to get to do it for a long time, I've got to pinch myself sometimes, you know, that um, that it's my job and that. Um, yeah, I feel I still feel very, very lucky to, to mm. do it um, because, you know, you can't take it for granted. There's, you know, one person's presenting and music taste, you know, is it's completely up, you know, it's, it's, it's such a personal thing, you know. So Deeply. to be able to do it as a living is um, a huge privilege, I think. And what about the power of breaking new bands, which six music every six music DJ has? Like that, that, that to me would just be so the thrill of that. Just going like, hey, look, you know, here's a band. Watch, I don't know, found them on YouTube or whatever, uh, Spotify yesterday, and here they are now. That that must be because obviously you do that on Radio One. You know, you did that on Radio One. Sorry, uh, what? What what is that like breaking a band, finding a band, and then playing them to thousands of people? Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. But um, also, it's like it's it's the job, you know. It's the responsibility. Your job is to find stuff and to bring it to a new audience. Um, and uh, I've played so many bands on the radio, and they've split up the following year. <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> yeah. You know, the the idea of I think the idea of breaking stuff is um ah oh, it's tricky because I've always thought of it like a massive jigsaw. So your play on the radio was part of that musician's or that artist's jigsaw picture. So they you know, mm-hmm. it's about who's with their gigs, it's about their fans, it's about what are they doing and you know, to be able to celebrate their releases on the radio has always been um like a huge responsibility, but also just a really natural, joyous thing to do as well. And also the more, I don't know, well-known you become as a DJ, the more music you get sent and the more people know that you're interested in scenes and in music and whatnot. So I was lucky, the more I was on Radio 1 back in the day, um, the more people would get in touch with me and I'd get sent music really up front. And, you know, sometimes I'd miss out on on playing stuff that went on to be massive, but hmm. you Creed. know, yeah, but who cares, you know, because that <laughs> artist went on to be, you know, it's like, yeah. it's what yeah. I'm saying is it's not the be all and end all. What you want to do is figure out who's listening and what your, your radio show is and, um, and play stuff that excites you, you know. And, so how do you do that though? How do you, how, how, sorry to interrupt. How do you, how do you, Bearing in mind, you know, it's really like obviously we've got we've got social media now, but back in like when you first started out, Twitter wasn't even a thing. So how do you know how to build your audience? Then was it was it was it written letters where people writing into you going, love this, love that sort of thing? Well, I mean, no, I mean, I started radio when I was nine. It was in it was in nineteen ninety nine. So emails God. were a thing, you know, and so you you know that you'd. Um, I don't know. It depends how local your show is as well, because we started off doing the session in Wales. We'd go out to gigs in Cardiff and bands would come up to you and say, I heard the show. Can you play this? So you'd, you'd, sort of, you'd know that some people were listening. Um, and then, yeah, later on, I guess, you know, social media was a massive thing in terms of you get a vibe if, if people are listening or not and how many people are getting in touch with the show. So when I was on in the afternoons on Radio 1 and doing a daytime show, you know, it felt like there was a lot of people listening because the volume of messages would go up. Um, and whereas, you know, when I was on Radio 1 at nighttime on a Sunday night at 11pm, uh, it was less, <laughs> you know, <naturally. laughs> I love that though. I love the idea yeah, of that, yeah. like, Wolfman yeah. on, like 
on that film. What's that film? Fucking Days <laughs> Confused, right? <laughs> well, it's it's natural, I think, but it's um, yeah. So it's tricky because you don't really know who's listening to anything. Um, yeah. So you have to um, you have to just do a show as if. <laughs> As if the whole world's listening. <laughs> yeah, or just trust your instincts. That must be, that must have, because you started, you know, Radio 1 must, must have been a bit I mean, look, man, like you were what, how old? Nine, 19? No, no. Yeah, yeah I was really young when we started Session in Wales. Yeah, I was going to do my, I was just doing my A-levels when I was doing demos and pilots and I got involved in the Session in Wales and co-presented that then for, till I was, oh, I don't know, mid-twenties, I think. Um, and then we started... The one music shows on Radio yeah. One and the BBC introducing shows, um, I and I got that, to do yeah. some daytime shows as well um, back then. And you know, Radio yeah. and Radio One was changing at that time. Radio One's always changing. You know, it has right. to to keep relevant and to keep young and to keep um, to keep its you know its raison d'être for existing. Yeah. You know, relevant. Um, so yeah, I was in the middle of it and I was I was loving it you know but when you're that young you don't stop to think what am I doing no. here? crack on and do it you know uh, mate that was yeah that was my thing I was thinking like when you're that young there's like a, a supreme naive, naive, like um, naivety almost and a, a swell of confidence that it's like it, it goes unchecked you know because it's the yeah. it's the it's a wonderful ignorance of youth right yeah yeah I think so and it's probably healthier that way as well because definitely you know, I think we, 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 I think young people have uh, so many pressures and so many opportunities to stop and worry about things. Whereas, if you're given an opportunity to just crack on and have an amazing time and do something, be it in sport or whatever is your chosen subject, as it were, then I think that's, you know, a healthy thing to do. Yeah. No. Absolutely. What? What? I so. A couple of memories are coming back to me here. I don't know, don't why they're triggering them. One, I think you played my my friend's band ages and fucking ages ago. They were called the LeBrox, and I remember because um, I remember because one, it was Hugh Stevens was like, "That's pretty cool," and <laughs> because hearing hearing um, um, a Welsh speaker say Godalming um, was where my hometown was like, oh my God, a radio DJ just, just, just called out my hometown and my favourite local band. Um, and um, <laughs> that was cool. And then, and, the, and then another one would be um, when I met Steve Lamac and he, what, what was really mental was meeting Steve Lamac in the Buffalo Bar in Islington and he went to see the Blood Arm. And another band that broke up or something, I don't know. And I was like, fucking hell, he actually comes to these shithole gigs yeah. and does this shit for real. Yeah. I was like, hang on about that. This is really, this is quite cool. Um, well, Steve Lamack's like s- such an amazing broadcaster and DJ. And there's somebody who's dedicated his life to his job, you know, to his craft. So he would go out to see three, four bands a week. Uh, in the venues with you and your mates and he would just to see if you liked them or not before he even played them on the radio because he want you know he wants to make sure that he um is playing the right stuff and stuff that's actually because you can make a good track in a studio but you might be awful live or yeah. you know it might be a, a one-off song from a set of awful songs so and i think that i you know i was talking to steve during lockdowns and stuff and he found it really frustrating that he couldn't go mm. to see the band live because 
you know, he, he takes it very, very seriously. He goes on tour to see bands well, on his, you know, on his annual holidays and stuff. And, um, and because he's dedicated to it and because he understands how important it is, he finds great stuff like idols, you know, we went to see them on a whim on a night off in Bristol and um, during the six music festival and, you know, fell in love with them and has championed them ever since. And, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, um, it's not, it's not a hobby. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. music's, it's a hobby for most of us, isn't it? But when you sometimes when you're paid to do things, then it's uh, you've got to take you've got to take responsibility, haven't you? Well, yeah, and it's it's longevity as well because people are going to be you know, and it's it's it's, it's um oh God, it's kind of like um genuine like the genuine article. People know that, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. On radio, you can see through that. You know, you can see through people. And and, and Lamo, man, you can't get you know you can't get anyone more like um, authentic. Um, and um, and I think what I want to say aged because he's older and wiser. He's an old owl, and 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 you know. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I kind of like wanted to direct that question at you um, more, really, to be honest. Like the. Um, go into gigs and and the live the live aspect of it because i know that we've kind of drifted away from that like over the past 18 months for some something to do with a, a you know a, a, a virus um but what's is is that for you like um a huge part like going to see a fucking band you've never seen no idea who they are and going hang about oh my god i could i could I could, I could play these guys on the radio tomorrow or what have you and and they're really worthy of it this is exciting yeah, I'll be honest, less so going to see stuff I've never heard of and just taking yeah. a whim um, in the last couple of years, even, you know, pre obviously pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, I tend to go and see stuff that I've heard, I've heard the music or I've heard of or um, something that I'm aware of and I want to go and check it out. Only because of time and because time right. is precious and because, you know, so just going from a no own thing band to unknown band is um, I'd love to do that but it's it's hard to do that you know so but, yeah, but you'll see things by yeah. chance you will see support bands and you will see bands at festivals by chance yeah yeah I think that's I think that's what I'm I I, 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 I guess I kind of meant but the the yeah the, the soliciting factor is really is is important I suppose and having your own radar so like you're not just going to go um yeah, you can't just open every freaking email and every, you know, new band, new band, new band. Like, because, God almighty, everyone can make music now. Like, when I was in bands <laughs> early, late nine, like late 90s, early noughties, you know, not everybody could make music because you had to have a little bit of, you know, you had to have know someone who had a studio to make it sound any good at all. Um, yeah, and also I think even if you make music now, you know, you've got to try finding your audience you know, it, you know, it's it's not about getting played straight away by, I don't know, Jack Saunders on Radio One or Lamac on mm. Six Music. You know, there's so many stations out there, there's so many venues out there, and there's so many music fans out there. So you can build platforms and you can build fan bases in your own neck of the woods. Doesn't matter where you live, in which country mm. in the world. Um, you know, I think don't expect people to play you straight away on the radio if. If local, if you're making dance tunes, you know, and Danny Howard and Pete Tong aren't playing you, well, try your local club first and see if, you know, see if there's a buzz there. See if people actually like the music before getting out there. And having said that, you know, what BBC introduced 
huge things done um, over the last couple of years. It's been amazing. It's a real good platform on a local basis, on a local level for music makers of all genres to, mm. to get their music to DJs and radio shows where they live. Um, so if you are making dance tunes, you know, locally, there's a show that will listen to it and see if it makes sense for their radio show, you know? Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. That's pretty, that's really cool, man. Like that little segment of, of how to, that's quite cool. I remember being taken out, um, for, for dinner once by, um, Tom Robinson, uh, again, six music. And, um, he, yeah, he was very sweet about my music. He said, look, it's very, it's good, blah, 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 but it's not quite, it's not quite there. And whenever you put it out, it's gotta be, you've, it's gotta be the best it can possibly be, man. You know? And it was, I was a, a bit heartbroken by that because I just thought, just fucking play it, Tom. Jesus. <laughs> but but it, it, he was right though. It wasn't good enough. Um, and it's just interesting to talk, like to hear you and, and thinking there are probably people listening to this podcast going, I'm in a band. I'm going to listen to what Hugh says. That's quite cool. I like that. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because like honesty is really valuable. I think in music, like, it's hot, but it's the most brutal thing as well. Like you don't want to hear that your music's not good enough for a DJ to play on his show. Um, yeah. But in retrospect, you're saying that that might have been right. Um, and so honesty is really important, but, um, you know, it's also very hard to take, I think. Rejection's hard, isn't it? In, in, in every element oh, yeah. of life. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's, you've got to have goddamn rhino skin. Um, yeah, like, to get you know to get through this world. Or, or Tom Petty said, "You need elephant balls, whatever it is." In that <laughs> song of his, he's fantastic. But what, like, in just going back a bit, what's your like um, particular genre of music? Or not, not genre, but maybe there's like one or two bands that you got you really, really yeah. got excited about playing. Like first when oh. you first kicked into Radio One, or have you? All oh, right, okay, well. You know, we started in 99, so there was a lot of amazing Welsh bands. So I guess, the, you know, Mannix, Super Fury Animals, Gorky Psychotic Monkey were three <laughs> Welsh bands who I absolutely adored um, and and still do. So to become friends with them and, to, you know, to go to a lot of their concerts and to play their music was really exciting. But then, you know, since then, I mean... I, I'm like everyone, I listen to like new releases on Spotify and I get sent music and I buy, the, you know, the odd record on vinyl and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, it changes all the time in terms of um, genre. So the last time I went to Spiller's Records in Cardiff, I bought the reissue of Super Furry Animals Rings Around the World. I bought the Berwyn um, demo tape um, vinyl album. Uh, what else did I find? I bought... Oh, and a, a music of um, an album by uh, William Tyler and Maris Anderson, who make instrumental guitar music, which is really spacey and right. stuff that I've got into over the last couple of years because I'm 40 now. Um, yes, and, you, you know, so in terms of genre and that, I've always, um, I've always really not cared about it, but I realise that other people do. <laughs> so I used to play grime next to um, surf music next to... Uh, indie bands next to folk and for me it made perfect sense but I did have a few people over the years going who are you trying to appeal to with this show <laughs> and, and, and I suppose the answer always was well people like me who like a bit of everything really yeah um, right so I couldn't sit here and tell you I only like indie rock although most of my collection and music taste is probably indie rock 
I couldn't right. say folk. Couldn't say just reggae. I couldn't say, you know, just rap uh, or just uh, you know electronic music because, like everybody's taste, it's a mishmash. Um, yeah. But you know, it's annoying when people say, "Oh, I like everything from you know the Beatles to Oasis." You know, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, you always get bands going. We like everything. We've got really collective music taste. We like rap. We like electronica. We like reggae, and we like some rock. And the music is always indie rock, straight straight up. You know, it's right? Like, yeah, that's all. That's all good. But where's where where are all these influences? But um, yeah, you, no, I I think I think it's healthy. Like in, I don't know. Everyone's got their own music taste, haven't they? <laughs> and, and I, well, I yeah. You know. But that's life. Yeah. That's like people say to me like on this podcast, and like I don't give a fuck. But like they'll go, you know, it's too. You know, last week, the last episode was about an expedition down to Antarctica from a Belgium ship, right? And that was last week's. And now I'm speaking to you. Um, I don't know <laughs> I'm going to put out this tomorrow, but um, people aren't fucking in boxes. People have multiple fucking interests. When I was gardening, losing my fucking mind with anxiety, trying to like fucking target, take my brain elsewhere and audiobooks and podcasts first started out, fucking hell, man. I was like, the world is so varied and wonderful. So to your point about, you know, playing like grime and then folk, that, yeah, that's keeping someone on their toes, isn't it, basically? And showing the world that you've got this massive umbrella. Yeah, I think so. And only because it felt right and natural. I mean, it wouldn't always go, right, I've got to go grime into folkia just to be quirky. <laughs> it was never, ever that. And if it was, I think it'd be terrible. But, it, you know, I don't know. if I'm not sure if there is a thread to all the music that everybody's like likes, but the thread is that you like it, I suppose. And so it doesn't matter what record label it's on or where the band's from or, you know, how many copies they've sold of an album. Um there's something in that music that has touched you and has made you want to uh, want to listen to it again and again. And, I, and you yeah. know, sometimes I'll just stop and, like yesterday, everybody was tweeting about Jesse Nelson from Little Mix's video. So I thought, you know, I'm going to watch this. And I quite enjoyed it. You know, I'll probably never mm. listen to it again through choice, mm. but right. it was interesting to listen to. Well, do you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I know Little Mix, but I don't, I don't know anything about what you just said. But um, but I you'll hear take it, you. Take you. I, you'll, yeah, you yeah. you'll hear. It. I just wanted to be pre-warned before I heard it. I just wanted to know. Yeah, okay, I, can, I know why everyone's <laughs> tweeted about this. All right. Yeah, yeah. When it comes out on Twitter, but um, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, no. I, it, I was watching Made on Netflix last night um, with with my wife and my my sister, and it was a man. It is freaking amazing, and the soundtrack is is. A, it, at the moment, I've only watched two episodes, but it's all um, female um, artists. And there's there's one um, artist called Haley um, Mary, and um, there's a song I've forgotten what it's called now. But anyway, it fucking blew my mind. It's it's just indie rock. I think you'd love it. I'll send you a link. But it's, it's oh, okay. Abs- it's so it's all it's like a year old anyway. This is how fucking behind. I'm, I mean, I listen to you guys on Six Music, but I'm still so behind. Um, but I ended up watching the video on YouTube, getting so into it. And I felt like, God, Jesus, I feel like Hugh Stevens. You know, I feel <laughs> like I'm really like, oh, wow, look at me discovering new music. It's a year old and she's quite famous. So, oh, okay. you know, right. but it was still like really exciting. And 
it must be so cool to have that job where you've, you've, you can legitimately say, no, I've got to spend time this week discovering new music and, listen, and, you know, and going through solicited music and what have you. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's, um, it's a weird job. I'll give, that, I'll give you that. But I, I still have things where I'll hear something on a soundtrack like you and go, what's that? And you shazam it. And then, you you know, you go, oh, it's, it's two years old. And it's, yeah. you know, what, it was a, the first album or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's so much music out there as well. And, um, you know, there's not, I don't think there's one DJ or one radio show that is, you know, is is all is is all new music like it's such a broad spectrum of um of music from different parts of the world and mm. so i think you find your groove don't you and that's what you know back to mm. picking up six music that's why i love tom ravenscroft show on a friday and that he yeah, will play great. the most crazy electronic and experimental music out there um the same with Giles, the same with Jam Supernova. Like, you know, you trust them because they they live and breathe it. They, they go in, they're DJing, they're out of gigs, they're running labels. Um, and so you know that if it's incredible, it will cross their radar. Whereas if, I suppose, if you're like me, who likes a bit of everything, you're not going to be, you know, I mean, I dip in and I quite like that. I quite like not having the BBC introducing responsibility that I had on Radio 1, <laughs> if I'm honest, because, yeah. you know, it's it's like, it's it's full on keeping up with lots of music from different places. Um, and so, yeah, I quite like having a more relaxed, normal attitude towards listening to music. <laughs> it's, you know, I'm not being ungrateful, but I quite like, you know, browsing in a, in a charity shop or a record yeah. shop or, you know, just, just seeing what the new releases are on streaming platforms, dipping into radio shows on six music to see what all those DJs that I mentioned are playing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. It's, it's quite, I'm um, just, I was just thinking there about, um, music um uh, i can't remember who played um always the other day archie marry me and um, oh, yeah. i went and, that was meant to be my 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 wife and ours our first dance uh, song at oh. our wedding but i was so fucking exhausted from playing in the band and stressed that we didn't didn't end up having a first dance but anyway god what a, what a fucking segue um th- that band though always that, that album has traveled with me around the world um and maybe like Harvest um, Harvest Moon by Neil Young, but it's a, a couple of albums that have travelled with you around the world that you can really like nostalgically say that as a core part of your soul. And it's I know it's really hard to narrow it down, but I'd yeah, say well, like, you know, sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah well, well, no, um, Anthony the Johnsons, I Am a Bird Now is one of those albums because I listened to it a lot when my wife lived in Belgium and uh, she... Uh, listened to it before me and said that album's incredible and I listened to it Anthony and the Johnsons blown away and it went on to win the Mercury Music Prize and stuff and um, and so that album is like a recent one which has uh, always stayed with me Um, I mean there's loads there's Barrafundal by Gorky's there's uh, I mean my first dance at my wedding was Beach Boys wouldn't it be nice so Pet Sounds is like always you know, I'd, I'd never want to not listen to that album. And yeah. if I'm stuck, I don't know what to listen to at home. That would be the album that I go to quite often as well. Do, do you ever just go, fuck, I just, no more music today. I'm done. Of course. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes. You know, you, you, 
same with podcasts. Sometimes you go, I can't listen to somebody else talking. And sometimes it's the same with a book, isn't it? I just can't concentrate yeah. on on reading anymore. <laughs> so I need another uh, stimulation. Um, yeah, like another, yeah. like to, to cleanse the palate. Of course. I think that's yeah. perfectly natural, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I just started reading um, The Silence of the Lambs this week. And oh, um, right. fuck me, it is profoundly disturbing like on a different level of disturbing but it's pretty brilliant and i'm like i was I literally put on six music this morning going and now i need it was actually probably you you were on and i was like i need you to take me from this state of there's a psychopath in my neighborhood to the, there is no psychopath and the beach boys are the best band in the world do you know what <laughs> i mean like just please do work your magic you know do you know what i mean like re- reduce my levels of anxiety man there's be so many people that that, that 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 think the same way like that you know having a friend in the room you know yeah hopefully you know radio is um is magic like that and mm. if you can make somebody uh, hear something new or hear an old classic or, you know, make somebody feel a little bit less alone, then that's that's what we all need, isn't it? That's why I yeah. listen to the radio, I suppose. And and also just inquisitive. Like if you if you just want to turn somebody on to a new record, then what a lovely position to be in. Definitely. But before we before we go, um there's what there's the only band that I've been like um, trying to get a DJ to play at the moment. It's a band called Green Lung. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, Green Lung, yeah, they're they're a heavy heavy rock band, heavy rock, heavy metal, like a bit doomy. But for for someone who's like basically a super super indie guitar guy, um, it brought me right back to like when I first got into Metallica and ACDC, and you know when you first hear a fat riff, and it's just no going back. Like, that's what the guitar can do. Um, Sounds good. I'm going to check Green Lung out. Yeah. and But it's, it's very, it's a bit, it's a bit tongue in cheek. It's a bit kind of like, um, they have all this like pagan worshipping thing and it's a bit Black Sabbath. But it, but it's it's just so much raucous fun. And it's it, it's to, I hate saying this phrase, but to your point um, earlier, you know, about like just, just loving music and eclectic taste. That's what I kind of love is like being able to just go, I'm 40 now. I, I don't give a fuck. Like there are people, you know, when I was in bands <laughs> earlier, did you, do you ever have that? Like, sno- like a snobbery, not within yourself, but within certain circles where you go, oh my God, Hugh just loves Phil Collins. I mean, this is terrible. I mean, he just loves Phil <laughs> Collins. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I used to be, a you know, I used to think I was a music snob as well. And, you know, and then you kind of go, actually, do you know what? Life's too short, isn't it? And if you want to uh, jump around to Spice Girls in your own, time then you do that you crack on you know um and so yeah i mean i've been been you know i went to see take that live just because you know i've got tickets and it was it was such an amazing experience you know um i would never come home and listen to take that i'd never choose to listen to him on my headphones i don't own anything you know i don't listen to him online or anything and it wouldn't cross my mind to do it but in terms of a cultural phenomenon i was well up for it um so but (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I think as you get older as well, I'm into music now that I didn't really get when I was 20 or, you know, when I was 30 like, even, even like 10 what? years later. Well, like a band like The National, for example. Okay, um, okay, I, yeah, I, I yeah. was always aware of them and I always thought they were quite good, but I wasn't a massive fan. Whereas now, 
I listen to them quite a lot. Um, and I suppose Nick Cave as well. I mean, I've always been into like, you know, since Boatman Calls and that, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting more and more into people like Nick Cave and I don't know, yeah. Leonard Cohen, who's not with us anymore. And I just uh, suppose yeah. you, you kind of think you get a chance to revisit bands or artists that maybe you dismissed or ignored when you were younger, just because there were other distractions and there were other more, I don't know, more colorful records or more, sonic uh sonically adventurous things that you thought ah oh, well that's been targeted at me i should probably listen to klaxons actually right. probably yeah. be listening to leonard cohen you know but but it's the it's the thing about leonard cohen or dylan or whoever you know these they're fucking goliaths and you you get intimidated that is definitely one of the reasons i've i've i have i haven't dived into dylan in a big way um because i just think i'm not intellectually <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I have I haven't passed a test or some bullshit like hang on you know like I know people that would like fucking like only ever listen to Dylan and they just like think he's a living deity <laughs> well yeah and I, I love people who only like one artist I think that's brilliant when, <laughs> <laughs> My God. you know what I mean when they, they, they yeah. only listen to Bob Dylan and nothing yeah. else, or Springsteen or right. uh, Neil Young or whatever it's like more power to them I think like it's, life's probably a lot um a lot easier. I wish I could find only one artist and only ever listen to them again. But yeah, that's like when you were a kid, you can do that. But when you grow up, I, I, mine was status quo. But um, right. But, and I, I'm still. I've never seen any a band more than status quo. Maybe the Cribs <laughs> and status quo. Oh really? Um, nice. Yeah, random. But two brilliantly live bands. Like what? What? And we've got. I know we've only got about two minutes left. But and this is such a stupid fucking question to ask with two minutes left. But. Yeah. What is your, like, in terms of live bands out there? Well, not necessarily out there now, but just overall that have really, like, blown your blown your tits off. Well, Flaming Lips Live was so exciting because you were pre-warned that there'd be massive balls and there'd be glitter and there'd be cannons and stuff. Um, but it's so exciting. And it fitted in <laughs> with Liz. But, you know, I'm such a sucker for all of that. And, you know, they're, they're psychedelic... Uh, kind of pop tunes, I suppose. They were so, yeah. so, so insanely catchy and accessible. I loved Flaming Lips. So, you know, that was like, okay, gigs can do that. You know, gigs can, can be whatever you want them to be. They don't have to be serious and, yeah. you know, formulaic. You can actually be right. as wild and as creative as you want. So yeah, they'd be one. And also there's a band called Trash Talk from the States who were okay. like a punk band from LA. And I'd never seen anything so brutal until I saw Trash Talk. They were throwing a bin into the audience and they were, you know, Fuck. they were hitting yeah. the microphone. They were, it was the the rawest, most horrible thing I've ever seen. Like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. I wish I'd seen these 10 years ago. Right, yeah, you could have been in the mosh pit, like brave enough to get down there. I'd probably have a tattoo by now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> trash Talk, man, have you seen Trash Talk? Jesus Christ, you haven't lived... But yeah. Um, yeah, look, thank you so much for your time, Hugh. Do 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 um, do uh, check out Green Lung, but also do look after yourself. And oh, and, and you, thanks for having me. It's been interesting. Thanks for having me on the Limehouse podcast. Yeah, and um, sorry about the lack of an intro in the beginning and a, and a warning. <laughs> that I'll just I will bear that in mind for my next guest. <laughs> oh no, it's nice to chat to you. Thanks very much. Cheers, Hugh. Look after yourself, mate. See you again. Ta-da. Thank you.